Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You want to stay on and take the survey? No! I'm going to tell you you were annoying. <laughs> you want me to answer right. yet? Go ahead. Right. <coughs> oh, i got to wait for it to go. Gotta wait for You're it good. To go. It's already going, bud. Oh, it's going? Okay. Well, hey, yeah. well, it, bloopers and everything. Welcome back to another episode <laughs> of uh, Wisco Fanatics. Uh, I got myself, got Tyler here. Uh, pretty soon we're going to be ramping up doing those Friday episodes. I just want to show mm-hmm. them people's faces. Uh, that's going to be really, really fun. Uh, we just planned a couple, actually. Tyler just planned one for me and myself. Uh, so you'll get, you'll still get me and Tyler doing some. Um, you said me and myself. Oh, myself and Tyler. Sorry. I'm a little confused. Yeah. I was like, Better. all right, well, you, you enjoy that show. I'll be uh, watching, I guess. Tyler will be watching on Friday. <laughs> Man, it's been one of those days. That's all I got to say. <coughs> a lot of beer to put out. Busy day. <clears throat> But today we are going to talk a lot of brewers. Um, yes, this is immediately after loss. What's so going to sting? Mm-hmm. Um, also, it was really shitty to lose to the Pirates because we never lost to the Pirates when we were younger. But you know, I mean, it we happens. still barely have. Yeah, and you know, it, it happens. Uh, it's just one of those things. Brewers are in a bad streak. Haters in a bad streak. But you know, law of averages. That's our new thing around here. Law of averages. Everything's going to flip around. Tim, how you doing, buddy? Um, so Tyler wanted to start talking about the Bucks. So, what do you want to talk about? <clears throat> so, actually, real quick, I just want to put on the bottom. Look at on the bottom. We got that nice new Wisco Ball logo on yeah, there. We got yeah, that looking yeah. good. I got my my Green Bay Nirvana shirt on. This thing's actually pretty sweet. It's really comfortable too. So, um, if you go to wiscofanatics.com backslash Wisco Ball. Um, you can get Wisco Fanatic stuff, and you can get Wisco Ball stuff. So I got my first Wisco Ball shirt, and the Wisco Fanatic shirts actually look really nice. The logo is really big on them, so they look really good. Um, so definitely want to thank Tyler for that. It was actually cool. I got to meet him on Saturday 
at uh, Mill Street Day in Plymouth. So that was cool. I actually got to meet him. He's a cool guy. So um, it's cool that he's sponsoring the show with us. So um, with the Bucks news, the two things that I really just wanted to throw out there were one, um, Chris Middleton had a wrist surgery. He's expected to be ready by the beginning of the season. And then the other thing was Pat Connaughton signed a three-year contract extension. So um, I don't know what your thoughts are on those two things. Well, one, uh, we're going to have to give a new contract, Chris Middleton, either, you know, during this season or immediately after this season when we win our, win our second title in three years. Um, so definitely keep Chris as good as possible. <clears throat> Excuse me. We obviously saw the impact of him not on the court this year. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Chris Middleton is one of our best players, one of the most underrated players in the league. There's no question mm-hmm. about it. And Pat Connaughton, you know what that news of a new three-year deal sounds like he's going to be a buck for life, man. Um, no, nothing wrong with that. We love Pat Connaughton. He's the ultimate glue guy, ultimate dirty guy. And not in the term of him being a dirty player, but he isn't afraid to get dirty. Uh, scrap on the floor, get the rebounds. He always ends up bloody like six times during the season. Yeah, right? I don't know oh, how sure. the ball will hit him. He'll get hit with an elbow from a fan. I don't know what's happening. But Pat Connaughton always ends up bloody. But we love Pat Connaughton around here. Um, yes. The Bucks, the Bucks in general, I don't think Horse gets enough credit. I'm just speaking from the heart now. He doesn't get enough credit. You know, there's that news about Bobby Portis. You know, we – we posted that quote yes. about Bobby Porras getting interviewed in the summer league. I don't think Horst gets enough credit for getting good people. And I'm just not just talking like 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 basketball players because they're good. Like Bobby Portis is one of our best players. He's a great player on the court. Yep. Pat Connaughton's a great player. Giannis is a great player. And obviously, I know Horst didn't draft Giannis, but you know, Giannis has something to do with this too. Now I'm thinking about it out loud. You know, we have a lot of good people on our team. You know, we have the teammate of the year in the entire association yep. on our team, Drew Holiday. So that was Chris, Middleton, Chris Middleton's a good guy. Brooke Lopez is a great guy. Like the Bucks overall are just great people and they're a great team. So I'm very excited to watch them win another title. I don't know about you, but it's gonna be awesome, man. It's it's great culture. Culture is the word that I would use. And now <clears throat> now the Bucks really have locked in their core basically yeah. six deep. Um, for multiple seasons uh, through at yeah. least through at least next season, and then Chris Middleton's not going anywhere. He, no. He'll get extended with the Bucks, um, mm-hmm. and then you're looking at Drew Holiday, probably going to retire a buck. Uh, Chris Middleton, after he gets his extension, probably going to retire a buck. Giannis, I I don't foresee anything that takes him away from Milwaukee. Will probably end up retiring a buck. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat Connaughton probably going to end up retiring a buck. Bobby is locked in for four years. Brooke Lopez, if he if he decides he's going to play it anything after this season, whether it's a veteran minimum deal with the Bucks, I really don't see him wanting to play anywhere else just because he has the freedom to do what he wants on the Bucks. Yeah, probably going to retire a buck, and now Pat Connaughton probably going to retire a buck now with this season, and then he's got three years after that. I did hear Wojnarowski reported that it's a has a player option on it, so it's. Um, through the 24-25 season with a player option for 25-26. So, <clears throat> I mean, you're basically looking at everybody that's crucial to the Bucks' core being locked in to, you know, to play into their mid to late 30s as a Milwaukee Buck. And then, you know, we didn't even <laughs> mention, you know, some of the young guys. Mama was looking really good in the, in the summer league. Um, he had a really nice block. He dunked on somebody. Um, he's... He had 28-9 the other day, so that was awesome. Yeah. Um, 
So we we have him under under our control for a while. We just drafted Marjan Bochamp, uh, which you were correct on his last name. Um, he's looking pretty good. I mean, he's going to have his up and downs, and I just wanted to say this. We need to temper our expectations because I saw people going crazy when he was making a couple threes. He does have good form. I'll say that. Yes. Yep. Um, I agree with your statement. You would like to release a little bit higher. That's the mm-hmm. only tweak, but that's very minimal. Yep. You know, you can get yep. that a little bit higher, the same release point, same quickness. He's looking good. He's long. Once he figures out and catches up to the speed of the NBA game, the angles and all that, he'll be completely okay. Again, his locker is in between Drew Holiday and Giannis, like we mentioned yeah. last week. <laughs> He's going to get coached up. He's going to learn how to be an NBA player. So yep. the Bucks, really, I mean – it's going to be the Bucks in Boston for the next how many ever years, man. If Cleveland, if Cleveland can get a star, I mean, I know, um, can't think of their point guard's name right now. Darius Garland. Yeah, it, he he's pretty good. He's a solid player. He averaged like what twenty points per game last year, something like and, that. Yeah, he averaged like twenty. They got a pretty young team too. They could be pretty good, but mm-hmm. I mean, the Nets just exploded right in front of our face. I mean, they're still exploding at this moment. Um, Miami's always in the mix. Uh, Philadelphia is a, another playoff, second round playoff exit from blowing everything up. So, I mean, really, it's it's Bucks in Boston, in my opinion. So, yep, I agree. Ah, uh, get ready to deal with those annoying fans for the next ten years, Tyler. Uh, oh, good, great, grand, wonderful. Oh, dude, we got Giannis <laughs> on our side, so I'll be okay. I know. Yeah. I know I'll be able to sleep at night. He said, man, I wish I had a lock with Man, me, me too, man. Me too. <laughs> right? <laughs> Shit. Those are two good people to hang out with. I like if you're if you're looking at a bringing in a rookie and wanting him to be able to contribute and learn the ways of the game right away, and you could pick any two players on the Bucks or even in the league that you would want to put your locker between or that you as a franchise would want to put your rookie in between. I don't know that you get a better option than arguably the most humble superstar, I would say, in the league right now, maybe ever. Ever. (laughs) And the teammate of the year. Like, I don't know where else you would want to put him. Two defensive-minded but still offensively skilled players, veterans of the league, guys that have worked their way up in the league. Um, I don't don't know if there's any two other players you'd want to put him in between. Well – Again, teammate of the year. So you know the guy is just always there for his team. He's team first. He plays on both ends of the court. So he's a great mm-hmm. team player that way too. Not just off the court. He's a great team player on the court. Um, he was the only player to, I believe, average 15 points, shoot uh, 50% field goal, 40% behind the arc, uh, three-point line. He was the only player in the NBA last year with those numbers and averaged five assists. So right there, that shows Drew Holiday. And then Giannis, the guy just – comes to the podium with the corniest dad jokes from 50 years ago after he just dunked on you six times. Like, he doesn't get better than that. If you don't love Giannis, you got issues with yourself, okay? That's yeah. all I'm going to say. And this is just going to foreshadow in next week's episode. Clearly, Andre Iguodala is jealous oh, of Giannis. Man. Just another guy je- jealous of Giannis. We are going to cover it more next week. We wanted a little bit more time to crunch some more numbers. but Yeah, um, I have a little more energy, too. Yeah, um, it's it's going to be good next week. You're going to want to listen to that because there's no way in hell Rashid Wallace would be better than Giannis, and we're just going to leave it at that, but it's very annoying. We'll, we'll dive deeper next week. Do you want to answer Andrew's question? Andrew asked if locker proximity is really that important. Teams are small and he's right. I can think yeah. of a scenario where here, – here's, here's what I'm thinking. So 
the rookie's going to make mistakes, right? Because he's a rookie. Rookie mistakes is going to have his ups and downs. So to me, when he makes a mistake and he's going to put his head down and you go to the locker room, why would you not want him next to Giannis? You know, a guy who took his bumps and bruises to get where he was because Giannis wasn't always great, right? He came in as a 6'9", 196-pound scrawny he, little dude. He struggled for three years. I got the bobblehead up there from his rookie year. Me and Tyler went to a game. I got it. It's somewhere. It, and it's, I, and it's the in poster. this room. And the poster. <laughs> um, but, you know, you, you have a guy like Giannis and you got like Drew who's going to keep his spirit up and tell him, okay, well, when you see this, you know, maybe attack it this way or don't dribble so hard or look to pass or here's the weak side, you know, like – He's, they're going to explain stuff and break it down for him a little bit better so he can see mm-hmm. things where he's not caught up to speed yet. So to me, like, it is important. That, that's the exact same situation I pictured was him like sitting with his elbows on his knees, staring at his feet. Like You're going to have Giannis who's going to explain the game to him and Drew who's literally going to come and grab him by the chin and tilt his head up mm-hmm. and tell you to keep your head up. So yeah. it, you know, in in super specific scenarios like that, yes. And but like you're like you said, you know, teams are small and they spend a lot of time together in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, just my experience from basketball practices, like the teams aren't always 100% together. You know, sometimes guards split off to do shooting drills while big men split off to do other stuff. So like, you know, it's not always 100% integrated, but um, they do spend a lot of time together. Obviously, like traveling and stuff like that too, but. Um, you know, in super specific situations like that, where, you know, there's an opportunity for him to learn something sitting across the locker room from Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez would be different from sitting in between Drew and Giannis. Plus then he just gets that, that opportunity to see how those two conduct themselves during game day. And, you know, on a day by day basis that he gets the opportunity to see, how those two carry themselves as professionals as well as he's now coming into the league. Yeah, you got <laughs> NBA champions, you got gold medalists. I mean, you got all defensive team guys, you got MVPs. MVPs I mean, yeah. these guys have been through everything. So I know it's it's something and we're kind of nitpicking <clears throat> at it, but it's just one of those small things that could really end up mattering in my mm-hmm. eyes. It's just one of those things. Well, and you're you're bringing him into the culture right away too. So you know, you're going to have that's how you continue to build culture is by bringing in the young guys to see it firsthand from the guys that embody it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, Andrew, you're welcome. That's what we're here for. That's what we do, man. Um, that's a good question. That's a good question. That is that is a good question. Some people might not think of it like that. So that's why we're here. Um, you want to get started on some baseball, man? Let's uh, Let's talk about this first Pirates and Brewers game, man. All right. All right, I'll start. Um, Aaron Ashby started. Um, he went five innings, gave up three hits, two earned, <clears throat> two walks, three Ks. Um, he looked a little bit better. Um, he was struggling with command a little bit in his last couple starts, and the walk number does concern me with him. Um, he does give up a lot of home runs because he likes to miss his spots. But I look, I thought he looked okay in this one. The Pirates, I just want to give the Pirates credit. The Pirates got a lot of young talent on that team, man. Dude, um, O'Neill Cruz is going to be a stud. I like him already. Yeah, he's gonna be a monster. He's dude, a six seven shortstop. How do you not like that? And he's lefty, like he's so fast. Like there's just he's, he's, he's a monster, dude. He caught a he had like a, a ground out that came off of his shoelaces and he threw it from like below his knee, just an absolute strike. After yeah. the ball bounced off the pitcher's glove. He's got he's got a rocket arm, dude. Uh first time that I saw him, because I don't watch a lot of Pirates games, I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> He he. There was a ground ball. I believe they were playing the Padres, if I remember correctly. 
but it was like a month ago. He got the ball and he threw it to first. It was just a regular ground out. He threw the ball like 97 miles per hour. I'm like, what? That should not be legal. Let's just skip the baseball. Matt, you're a baseball guy, man. Matt's a baseball Hey, Dan, what's up, buddy? I was talking about you today. Um, well, anyways, uh, Milner. Milner looked good. Gott looked good. The always good Devin Williams looked good. Um, Tyler's going to have some ridiculous stats about him later. Yeah. That guy is just an absolute stud. And uh, Josh Hader got the save in this game. Uh, we'll talk about Josh Hader later as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, he has been struggling, but we don't need to kill our players, okay? You know, we've covered this before where they understand that they're playing bad, but you don't need to pile on. You know, you don't need to kick people when they're down. We don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes. Um, in this game, Adamus, another home run, but it was a solo shot. And the thing about the Brewers that just bothers me so much is, yes, they're fourth in the MLB in total home runs, right? But they're also sixth in the MLB in grounded into double plays. So when you really put those two things together, you know, all of our home runs, it seems like all of them are solo shots because we're grounding into double plays and hurting ourselves. And there was actually an at-bat today where I was telling you, Adamas looked so good on the 2-2 pitch where he laid off the slider alone and away. The next pitch was literally the same spot. Literally the same pitch, and he reaches for it and grounds out. It's like, why do you guys do this? Why do you do this to me? It just doesn't make sense. I mean, Colton Wong does it too. I feel like Colton Wong is starting to come along a little bit. He made a really nice play on defense today, but mm-hmm. he's still pressing at the plate. Um, the Brewers I, need the break very badly. I, yeah, I think some of that stuff is it comes down to guessing what the opposing pitcher is going to throw. Right. And whether they're just guessing wrong all the time or whatever it is, um, you know, I can look into stuff like um, like chase rate and, you know, outside zone swing percentage. I can look at some of that stuff and see if there's anything telling in there. Um, you know, Matt, I don't know if there's ever a good time for a double play. <laughs> um, just, you know, just because it's always just two outs in one play. Um, if the Brewers had it, it was a game – I understand what you're saying, though, Matt. It, it, it just kind of feels like the Brewers are gaining momentum, and then we ground into a double play, and we kind of lose all momentum. So I understand what the, you're saying. The third series is the third game of the last Pirates series. So they mm-hmm. had seven base runners in the first three innings, three double plays in the first four innings. So they that's kept getting true. the lead runner on and then grounding into double plays. So that's that it handicaps your ability to run. Um, yeah, top of the ninth. Yeah, top of the ninth. Having, having a guy on second base – feels like a little bit easier of a situation to try to score a run than first and second with one out because then you're just adding a force out. But it's still better than bunting and giving your opponent free outs. So I will die on that hill. Not wrong. You will. You will You will die on that hill. I know you will. Yep. Um, back to this game, though. I got to ask you a question now because I'm just wondering, why did they send Keston Hira down? He actually played very well in this Pirate series, in my opinion. So I just want to get your take on it. Matt, if you want to go in the comments, it just doesn't make sense to me. It felt like he was starting to turn the corner. So I'm going to, I'm just going to switch this to the Brewers twins. Cause I think it applies to last night and today um, okay. with, with last night being such a late game and um, like, what did they use? Like four or five different pitchers last night? I think they used six. Six pitchers last night. Yeah. Alexander, yep. Gustave, Milner, Boxberger, Williams, Hater. This kind of yep. ties into the Hater thing, too. 
The Brewers used six pitchers last night in a game that ended like 1130, and I basically played 12 hours later. I didn't think Boxberger, Williams, or Hayter should have been used today at all. So when I saw that Hero was sent down in favor of a pitcher, which was Sadzik, who didn't end up pitching today, to me it just signaled that they needed more pitching today on the short turnaround. So like I said, I didn't expect to see Boxberger, Williams, or Hayter today, but obviously in the tie game they're trying to get a win. That changes quickly. Um, ultimately now I wouldn't expect to see any of them tomorrow. Yep. Um, especially now what they're doing a long flight out to the West Coast. So that was my thought. And honestly, I, with when it comes to the taxi squad thing, I think they can call him right back up. So it wouldn't be within the realm of possibility that Kesson Hero is just right back up tomorrow. Okay, I can see that. It just, I don't know. I feel like he would, you know, he made a couple, he made a really nice catch. Uh, he had a couple of games with, with multiple hits. I mean, he was, you know, and I texted you, I th- believe that was on Saturday when I texted you. Um, and I was like, man, is, is Hero back? I mean, he's, he's, is Kess Daddy back as well? But I said actually, and he was he was playing well, but it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, we could switch to the second game if you would like. Um, Brewers they won the first game four to three. Um, that Hater ended up getting saved. Um, the second yeah. game they lost four to three. Um, so Woody pitched in this game. He had six innings pitched. Four he gave up four hits, three earned runs. He had nine Ks. And Woody, I just want to say, has been an absolute monster since coming back. I mean, I know we've been saying it, but he is on a tear right now. So kind of put together. Yeah. Keep going. I put together his stats from his three games since he's been back from the injured list. Those three games, 17 innings, 12 hits, three walks, four earned runs, 27 strikeouts. So essentially, essentially per game, he's averaging four hits, a walk, nine strikeouts, and one and a third runs per game. Yikes. <clears throat> you know, for everybody on the Brewers that needs a break, Woody, obviously, because he was on the injured list, does not need a break because he is absolutely killing it. Um, Boxberger pitched very well in this game. I know he gave up an earned run. Uh, gave up the home run, but he's been he's been so solid he gets passed. Uh, Milner was good. <clears throat> Stop. was good. Milner had three Ks in his inning pitch, so he was really good. Uh, RBIs. Urias with a solo shot again, another home run, but it's a solo shot. I feel like every time I talk about a home run with the Brewers, it's a solo shot. It's just it's heartbreaking to me. Uh, honestly, think I met you know all the home runs. You know, and you see the Yankees putting up runs, putting up runs, you know, and they hit a lot of home runs as well. How many of their home runs are two-run, three-run home runs? And that's why they lead and they score so many runs all the time. And they're, mm-hmm. you know, they have four-run leads, three-run leads. The Brewers are always in these one-run games. And, yes, they have a good record in one-run games because they have a good record overall. But, you know, you can't just keep winning one-run games all the time, you know. Um, just, I don't know. What needs to change? Need to a, you know, we, we talked about it. We talk about this. They just need to get on base more. Is really what it is. Yeah, do, you know, and we tried to talk about this before about do they be more patient? You know, do they take more pitches? But then you know, you have a pitcher that is attacking you, so then you try to switch up and you try to attack the first pitch. You know, so I don't know. What needs 
to happen. I thought uh, in yesterday's game, you know, since we were talking about twins, I thought yesterday's game they, they looked a lot more balanced with Renfro back. But then you come to today and the only run scored is another solo home run. So I don't know what needs to happen, but obviously they have the all-star break coming up. So they, they are going to figure it out. Um, I'm going to read Matt's comment. He said, I was shocked that the entire A bullpen was used today in a tie game. I would have saved them in, until a lead or just for the next series, especially since Milner has been dealing and other guys have been picking up the slack. We talk about this all the time, and Hobie Milner definitely does not get the credit that he deserves because he has been phenomenal this season. Um, he has a weird release, but it works, man. He, he mm-hmm. just he gets people out at the end of the day. <clears throat> Milner is no. awesome, man. He was in contention for my power pair pitcher of the week, but his last three outings, which includes um, includes last night, three innings pitched, only one hit, four strikeouts, no walks, no runs. That was that's Milner in the last week. Um, and like Jake said, I've said it, he doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, Hobie Milner has been kind of stud. Um, everybody, you know, everybody in the Brewers pitching staff, I feel, has had their had their really really hot streak. Um, obviously, we expect Burns to be good. We expect Hayter and Williams to be good. Same thing with Woody. But Lauer started the season crazy. Um, he's actually turning it around again, you know, mm-hmm. after he gave up a ton of home runs. He was just missing spots. And we talked about that, too. But Hobie Milner is a guy that nobody really talks about, and he's just consistent. He pitches his one inning. He gives up one or zero hits, and he'll strike a batter or two out, and he just walks back to the dugout, you know. Um, yeah, he. I would have definitely used him today in my opinion, because he didn't pitch the last game in Pittsburgh. I know, he, I know he pitched yesterday, but he's a guy that could pitch multiple innings. So I would have used him as well, Matt. That would That's very smart. You got any other notes on the, the second game of the Pirates? The second game, um, Kesson Hero, like to your point that he's been hitting better, he had two hits in that game. Willie Thomas had three hits in that game. I know you're going to yep. talk about Willie a little bit later, but we can go to the third game of that series. All <laughs> right, third game of this series. Um, and, you know, the Afro mentioned – Eric Lauer uh, pitched this game. He pitched very well. I understand he gave up a home run, which has been his only issue this year. Um, but he had seven Ks, six hits, two earned runs over five innings pitch, only the one walk. So I love that he's keeping the walks down. That, that shows me that he's commanding his pitches better. Obviously, he gave up a home run, but it happens. Um, Gott gave up two home runs, and Gonzalez gave up a home run. And the one that Chichi Gonzalez gave up was really the heartbreaker. Uh, that was the one that ended the game. Uh, former Brewer, Daniel Vogelback hit it. But Vogelback's actually playing pretty well for him, I'm not going to lie. Just going to throw that out there. Um, Gustave, he looked good in his outing. Uh, he had one inning, two uh, two Ks, so he looked good. Brett Suter, man, that I don't understand why they took out Chichi Gonzalez and for, or they took out Suter and put in Chichi Gonzalez. Do you understand that move? Doesn't make no, sense to me. It doesn't matter anymore because he's gone. He's got DFA'd, so he's not coming back. Yeah, I know. But that move by council there was a little bit of a head scratch. I saying that Suter, you know, had multiple runners on and stuff like that. And he walked, he gave up two hits and a walk and it was one and two thirds. But to me, I would have kept a ground ball Suter guy. And just let him do it. So, I mean, that's the only thing I know. I he didn't have a ground ball in that game, I guess. I don't know. But um, to me, that was just a bad move. Um, obviously if you watch this game, you know that McCutcheon hit a home run in the bottom mm-hmm. of the ninth to cut the lead to two. Um, Urias had two RBIs. Bruce. And he had played some good defense at second base actually too. Urias yeah, did. he did. 
he did, he did. Um, Adamas, another RBI. Um, it's just this last game is the one that really bothers me when I think about, you know, this series. I felt like the third game was the game that we really, really should have won. But, uh, God, I don't even want to talk about the Gonzalez Suter stuff anymore. I talk so much about it with, with other people. I'm just pissed off at that move. But what do you got? Not much. I mean, with this week, I've been a little under the weather, so I haven't had as much opportunity to dive into a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I promise I'll get more with, with next week's, plus the Brewers had two off days. So there's a little bit less to draw from because I only played five games instead of seven games in the last week. Um, yep. So I did mention Urias playing some good defense at second base. Um, yep. Brasso and Davis both had two hits. Trevor Gotts had a couple of rough innings uh, since he got back from the injured list, mm-hmm. but he is just fresh back from the injured list. He'd been pitching mm-hmm. really well before that. And since then, um, since that game, he's pitched well. Um, so, you know, he just give him a little bit of time to get back into form. And I think Trevor Gott will be fine. Yeah, that the ball that Chi threw to Vogie. Oh my god. That was that was the hanger of all hangers in my opinion. And Vogelback did not miss it. I'll just say that. Um we switched to Brewers and Twins. Uh talk about last night's game. Uh yep. fan favorite, first, Jason, hold on. Jason Alexander. First, first things first. Minnesota, you had the opportunity, and you've seen the example in Milwaukee that you can have a roof while still being able to have your stadium open on nice days, and you're just chose to ignore this giant glaring feature that you missed. And we're just like, nah, we're just not going to put a roof on it. We could, but we're not going to. Okay, we're talking about it now. You have a football team that literally plays in a dome where weather does not freaking matter. But now a baseball team where weather can stop the game, you built an open stadium. If that does not explain the state of Minnesota, nothing will. That is all I'm going to say. Uh, that's good promo right they're there. Both brand new. They're both brand new stadiums. They are. They all they, Both within, what, last three, four, five years, something like that? I don't know when uh, U.S. Bank was built. I think the baseball stadium's older, isn't it? They're, they were built very closely next to each other. Yeah. Twins should have built a roof, or they should have also called that game after the fifth inning with the third round. Yeah, that was – They can't. after They have to play at least seven to call the game. Oh, really? That's actually a rule? Mm-hmm. Um, Otherwise, they have to resume it. <clears throat> well, there you go. I didn't know that. I just learned something today live on the show in front of everybody. Wow, I didn't know that. Okay, well – they should have put a damn roof on there, or at least a retractable roof. I mean, retractable. I don't know why every baseball stadium that's built nowadays doesn't have a retractable roof, because then you can guarantee that you never have to deal with cold or rain. Yep, I agree. Thought it was five. Pretty, I'm pretty sure it's seven, but I'll look it up just to make sure. Ooh, baseball, baseball fanatic Matt is battling Wisco fanatic Tyler. This will be interesting. Watch, watch it be six. <laughs> Oh, that would be hilarious. And you both win. Then we, then everybody wins. And that's what we want around here. Um, I'm going to talk about the game a little bit here. Um, Alexander pitched four innings, three hits, which is actually pretty low for him, and I like that. Um, two earned runs, two walks, and one K. Uh, Gustave pitching an inning. Oh, well, they good. changed it in 2020. Did they? Is it five? Yeah, it's five, Matt. Good job, Matt. 
Oh, Matt, <clears throat> they changed it. Yeah, they changed it in 2020. Got a boy, Matt. Um, Milner looked good in his outing. You know, we talk about Hobie Milner a lot. Uh, Boxberger, two hits, uh, didn't give up an earn or gave up an earn run. Um, I had to go to bed because I had to wake up at four in the morning, so I didn't stay up till 11:30. Uh, Williams and Hater looked good yesterday. Hater had three Ks. Broadcaster said it. Oh, there you go. Uh, McCutcheon hit a home run in the first inning. Uh, that one got out of there very quickly. Uh, he that was like a tough he, pitch to hit out too because he had to kind of reach for that one and it like line drive over the fence. That's that's that old man strength right there, baby. <laughs> that's what Andrew McCutcheon showed off. Uh, Peterson in RBI. Adamus jacked another homer. Um, with that home run from Adamus, he actually tied J.J. Hardy for the franchise record for most home runs by a shortstop before the All-Star break with 18. So. There's my little stat of the week for you. Not a boy. We you, get you, worked, you worked JJ Hardy into the broadcast, so I'm proud of you. Dude, that's what I was going to say. I brought JJ Hardy back to life, baby. Let's go. Uh, Do you, you remember? Probably, you're, probably, you're probably wearing a JJ Hardy jersey right now. I no, bet no, no, no. This, is the, this is the yellow jersey. The only other one I have is a Ryan Braun, actually. I have. I'm mad I don't I used have, to have a I used to have a Gallardo jersey. I have Granky. I have Yelich. I have Adamas. I have a an old spring training jersey my grandpa gave me, and then I have a bunch of t-shirts. I have a bunch yeah, of t-shirt I, jerseys. I got the jersey tees. I was big on the jersey tees. I had a jersey tee for uh, Ricky Weeks. I had a jersey tee for Prince Fielder. I had a jersey yep. tee for uh, Ben Sheets when I was a little kid. Ben Sheets had, was the man. I had a Gallardo one. I had a Braun one. Uh, Ricky Weeks, I had that one. Um, I think I have a Jeremy Burnett's one, honestly, in a bag. So oh, I think wow. I have that one, too. Yeah, that's an old one. Tim has a fielder jersey. Hey, I was just talking about Prince Fielder the other day. Fielder and Braun were something magical to watch, man. Oh, that that three four hole between those two. Yeah, because Braun was clutch. You knew Fielder was clutch. I mean, and if if you didn't pitch, you know, and Braun got a lot of pitches because they didn't want to face Fielder, you know. So mm-hmm. you know, if if you didn't want to pitch the Fielder, you pitched to Braun, and Braun could hit thirty five homers a year too. Obviously, he was juicing for a little bit, but I don't care. I am in. The minority where I like steroids in baseball, okay? I like home runs. I like strikeouts. I don't give a shit, oh. okay? Uh, he said Eric Thames. Eric oh and Eric Thames. Man, we're working part all the Brewers. Part of the first base carousel the Brewers have had for the last 10 years. Eric Thames was a monster for a little bit there for us. Just uh, had Mr. Mr. Korea. <laughs> Freaking biceps, yeah, Mr. Korea. Um, man. Tim just got... Adonis. Adonis. Did you get the, you, did you get the Brew Crew jersey? I want to get one of those. The City Edition? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think those are sweet. Corey Hart. Corey Hart. They tried to, tra- tried to make him a first baseman. Bro, I used to hate Corey Hart when I was a little kid because I hated how he looked, but he was so freaking good. <laughs> he was just a monster. You know, the person that I really loved the most was Ricky Weeks. I'm not going to lie to you. Ricky Weeks was my – I think I still have a Ricky Weeks bobblehead. I might not have it out, but I know I have at least one Ricky Weeks bobblehead. I have a Derek Turnbull bobblehead, the one that has, like, the real hair. I have that. I, I have, have a name for you. So the other day we were uh, we were thrift shopping, and I saw a Brewer's bobblehead, Casey McGee. Casey McGee? Yeah. I almost bought it. I was like, dude, it was like three ninety nine. It has no bat, but it's still Casey McGee. Uh. I should have bought that son of a bitch. But the bat wasn't in there, so it's not as cool. I was I was glad I got lucky at Goodwill earlier this year for six ninety nine. I found a Yasmani Grandal, and I found a Lorenzo Cain Gold Glove bobblehead. Yeah, 
I got lucky oh, with that nice. one. Nice. Grandal, I used to love that guy. I wasn't juicing. Like, I think his feeling um, gets a little blown, blown too much out of proportion. Kind of like, yeah, that, yeah. Tyler, there should be no, that. yeah, there should be no ill will towards Severino. His, his, the drug that he was positive for was a testosterone increasing drug, because it's a fertility drug. So him and his wife were trying to conceive a baby. He wasn't looking for some sort of competitive advantage. That's why he didn't appeal his suspension. He just took it, sat it, did his time. Now he's back. So there should be no ill will towards Pedro Severino. And I'm going to talk about Braun. And I'm sure somebody's had this opinion before in their life. But Braun always used to get the oblique injuries, right, on the side. I really think that's why he was taking the damn steroids because he was sick and tired of having a hurt oblique. You know, toughening up those muscles a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just my personal opinion. I'm not really sure. But – yeah, Braun was still clutch. Even if he even if he took the steroids away and he wasn't hitting homers, the guy still got clutch hits. I'll just say that. Competitive advantage for baby making. <laughs> hey man. That's why we say we don't know what's going on in their daily that's lives. Exactly man. it. Yep. It's competitive <laughs> example. Yep. Competitive advantage for baby making. That's what it is. He wanted um, to move him in there one time. <laughs> and uh as far as Braun is concerned, he kept Matt Kemp from LA from winning an MVP. So Totally endeared for that because it's always FLA because I have no respect for the franchise. So there's that. That's a good point. Like we, we've talked about the Cardinals a whole bunch and we can say the same thing for the Twins. Like don't necessarily like them. I don't hate the Twins because they play in the AL and we barely ever play them, but it's still Minnesota. So whatever. But, you know, it's, it's a situation where I still respect their franchises the Dodgers, I have no respect for their franchise. Same with same with the Yankees. Like, I have no respect for the franchise. And Mets are really getting into that category, too. The Mets. Uh, the Mets. Wow. They're, look at their payroll, dude. I know. I know. But you have two of the best pitchers in the game. It's going to be pretty high. I mean, and then Lindor's expensive. I mean, they got a lot Pete of high-quality players, in my opinion. Yeah, Pete Alonso. That guy's straight power. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Straight power. All right. <clears throat> you were talking about last night's game. Is there anything else you wanted to say about that one? Um no, I just gave my cool stat about JJ Hardy, so that made me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um <clears throat> I wanted to give Hobie Milner for working out of some credit for working out of a jam in the seventh inning. Uh, it was good to see that, to see Hobie Milner continue not allowing guys to score. Um, Jason Alexander, for him to pitch after delays is a tough thing to do to come back from being basically your body feeling like you're done for the day, but then you're not actually. Um, three hits, two walks, two earned runs in four innings. That's that's all you need out of them. Um, Hunter Renfro is back, so that's good. Um, and then Devin Williams got his 24th consecutive outing scoreless, and we can move into today's game. Uh, so today's game, Ashby pitched. Um, I didn't get to watch the start of the game, so I'll have to watch it, watch the highlights and see how he looked. But he did go four, four and a third. He, he didn't I'm, do I bad. Mean, he, he's progressing coming back. From, he's another guy who's coming back from the injured list. Yeah. So he's, he's working back, and he's getting better every start, I would say. Well, uh, God, I feel like this entire Brewer season we have to – you know, just watch a guy struggle coming off of the the injured list, and then we have to work them back and work them back. And it's like, 
I feel like we can't get any momentum rolling because as soon as we get rolling a little bit, another guy goes back in the injury list. So that's why this all-star break is so vital for the Brewers. Obviously a four game stretch against the Giants before that happens, which starts tomorrow. But uh, for today's game, Trevor got uh, one and two thirds, zero hits, zero and runs, zero walks, two Ks. So that's very, very nice to see. Uh, Boxberger, uh, he had two walks, one hit in his inning, but no earned runs. Uh, Williams, no earned runs. And Hayter obviously gave up the walk-off home run. So he had three earned runs. So his ERA is going to skyrocket. But That's up to like 273. Yeah, I mean, it's still not bad. Uh, yeah. The guy <laughs> – do you want to just talk about Hayter? Because I, I want to talk about Josh Hayter. Um, if you want, I'll go first. Or I'll let you go first, whichever one you're feeling. You want me to go first? Let's talk about Josh Hader. Okay. So, first of all, yes, there is Josh Hader rumors. uh, Nothing concrete. Mostly from the fake news outlet with Wisconsin Sports Heroics. Um, That's what we're going to call them from now on. I really don't even care anymore. We're just going to go for it. It's clickbait. We're just going to go for it. They're fake news. They're clickbait. Whatever you want to call them. They don't put any concrete stuff out. Okay. So, don't read that stuff and think that it's true. Because it's not. None of them have credentials for anything, okay? Uh, secondly, Josh Hader, we don't know what's happening at home. To me, you know, when he talked about skipping on the All-Star game, I was really cluing in on what he was talking about, and he kept talking about being around his family. So it seems like he's distracted from his on-the-field stuff, and he really just wants to be around his wife and his baby. So to me, that's just the guy that needs the break. You know, he's the one that needs it the most. Mm-hmm. I agree. He said, he said, I, said, I only get my news from Wisconsin Sports Heroics. Well, it'll that, it'll show once we start doing uh, Packers discussions, Simon. That that'll be that that'll be where you get your news from. Yeah, you're trying to trade for uh, for for Mark Andrews. I heard for. Uh, I uh, forgot about that one, dude. Until you brought that up, that was oh my god, dude. That's or, the one where just, that's the one that took Aaron, over the hill for me. Aaron Jones straight up for Scary Terry. Remember that one? I was like, come on, man. You think you think that's happening, dude? Come on. They're not going to take a running back for a wide receiver when wide receivers last much longer in the NFL, okay? And they're a much higher premium. You could draft a running back and hopefully get lucky. Obviously, the Packers have drafted two and got very, very lucky. They're going to be a big I know, another one. offense. But yep. you could draft a wide receiver and get lucky too, you know? But, you know, it's easier for a running back, you know, because you could just run them into the ground for four years. Okay, we're getting off topic. Anyways. <laughs> I could talk Packers for nine thousand hours. Don't even need research. Josh Hader, he he just seems like a guy that just wants to be around his baby, wants to be around his wife. And we say, don't keep in mind too that with his wife and kid, like she had like complications during the end of the pregnancy too. So right, yeah. and we we and my thought was we don't know if the baby is having complications. You know, I mean, my daughter was born early, and we had to live for a week and a half in the hospital. So. My daughter had to have a feeding tube. That was really hard to watch. I mean, my daughter is under five pounds. She's tiny, has a, the smallest head of all time, and they stick this tube up her face because she's not big enough, and she, we have to force feed her some stuff. I mean, that's hard emotionally on a person. I can't imagine trying to go out in front of 40,000 people and throw 99 miles per hour and strike three people out when they're all really, really good at hitting. I mean, you got other things on your mind. Things happen. So all I'm saying is there's still people. They're going to make mistakes. And yes, Josh Hader is still the best closer in baseball. He's just having a rough match. So let's he all literally is. I mean, he's still leading the league in saves, so he's still got that going. But you know, everything that you're saying is all all to your point is all we've said this a bunch of times is that athletes are still people and we need to remember that. 
last year, Kesson Hero struggled big time while his mom was dealing with cancer. Yeah. This this year, Josh Hader has had times where he's struggling. Um, he, he had some times where he missed some games because his wife was dealing with complications during her pregnancy. Even if your baby's healthy, Jake, how much did you sleep in the first two weeks that you, you guys know, were home with winter? You just you just don't sleep very much. So let's be honest, because you're all like, even if you're trying to sleep, and you know the baby's asleep. You're, you're like getting looking like at a, that baby, and you're like, oh my god, this is the most incredible. You're thing getting like a max four hours at a time when you yeah. have a baby. Yeah, because you have to wake them up. Because you know, I told you winter was small, so mm-hmm. we had to wake up every two hours and feed winter. So Chantel mm-hmm. had to get up every two hours and feed winter, and make sure she was mm-hmm. getting bigger. Now, now she has your cheeks, so it looks like you got up every two hours of feeding. Hey, so. hey man, she just <laughs> had a doctor appointment the other day, actually, and she's she's only nineteen pounds, which is crazy. But she's like two and a half feet tall, so she's long. So she got her height from me. She on all her weight is right here. <laughs> right <in> her head. <laughs> uh, Matt said it's time to trade everyone. Well, we could start with with trading Josh Hader. Um, Jake already mentioned the the outlet to not be named suggested trading Josh Hader straight up for Aaron Judge, as if the Yankees would do that. I think so, Matt would like that. Since I, he's a I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that was, that was rough. That, and it, it said proposed trade in the title too, when literally no reputable place has said that that could be a potential trade. And if you're going to, if you're going to put trade rumors out, like you got to at least make, make them make sense a little bit. I think their problem with their stuff is their wording. And I think he was trying to say like, this was his trade proposal, mm-hmm. which it's still stupid as hell, by the way. I'm just going to say that out loud. But if you're going to make a trade proposal, you got to word it correctly because now mm-hmm. you're putting it out there that this was actually a trade proposal, like you're saying. That's how right. you read it. That's how everybody reads it. Like, yeah, oh, the-, the Brewers, the Brewers offered Josh Hader for Aaron Judge. Mm-hmm. I was waiting. To, I was waiting to tell you this story. Until it's we were misleading. Locked. See, now that's what it is. The misleading titles. That's that is essentially the definition of clickbait. Yeah. So, I was actually talking to a fan of the show, Dan, um, who calls us dicks every week. And, yes, he's still a fan. I love Dan. He's a great guy. Um, but – and then another guy came up from another company. And we were talking about, you know, Josh Hader getting traded, struggling, blah, 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 right? And I was like, do you guys follow the page Wisconsin Sports Heroics? I actually said this out loud. This is a real conversation. And I was like, because do not follow that page. It's, it's awful. Um, they just came up with an article about trading Josh Hader for Aaron Judge. And the other guy looks at me dead in the face and says, oh, yeah, that's where I saw that from. I said, yeah, don't do that. Come to my page. We, that we, guy literally made that up. I We're, was like, we, we put out good stuff. <laughs> so we, we obviously have our weekly show. We do bonus episodes once a month, which is only going to be during the Packers offseason now because once Packers season starts, we're going to be doing Friday night Packers shows every single week. Uh, we're going to do one either the last Friday of July or the first Friday of August. It's going to be one or the other. Then we're going to do one uh, right after preseason ends. Jake and I are going to do our last bonus episode of the summer on the first Friday of September. And then after that, we're going to be doing every week. It's also the day before the Badgers start, by the way, September 2nd. Um, So that's the day before Jake's birthday as well. So we're going to be doing – we're going to explain some basics of basketball and football – and then after that, every single Friday is going to have a Packers show mm-hmm. um, up through the first week of February. 
<clears throat> so we're going to have lots of stuff going on here. Obviously, we do all the shows live, so you can comment along, and we can respond to you in the comments. Mm -hmm. um, like Andrew earlier asked a really good question. We were able to respond to that, and, and he was able to respond back to us. That's why we like doing the show live, so we can interact with people. Um, and then we like to put our stats of the week out there because we like sharing cool stats. We like doing the play of the week. We like sharing news when we when we get it. Um, and now we're with Simon and Bryant who are going to join us for the Packers shows. We are, we've started the Wisco confidential blog. Um, so you can find that, um, it's through blogger. Um, we should, we should probably start sharing those, those articles as we write them on the page so that people can see them more often. But, um, yeah. we're going to be, we're going to continue putting out more content. We're not, we're not, we're not scaling anything back. We're, we're doing more. We're going to push um, more. Yeah. Yeah. So, and now with having two more people, that's just what we're going to do. And, and Simon and Bryant are, are with us on the philosophy of the show um, of doing things positively and optimistically um, looking at how, how our teams can do things um, that other people might not think they can do, or, you know, what a, what a more negative or pessimistic fans think they can't do just because the last couple games didn't go well. So now it all of a sudden means that they can't do anything. So, um, you know, we're going to continue doing that, um, and getting more content out that way as well. And, you know, hopefully this is what we do every day, all day for, for, for work someday. It'll, It'll happen. Um, but we need everybody in these comments right now. We need Matt, we need Tim, we need Andrew, uh, Simon obviously is already coming over, but we need you guys to get all the people from Wisconsin sports heroics following that <laughs> fake news. To come on over here, join us and comment on the show. Where we prioritize um, quality. Yeah. We we don't say anything unless we know it's true, okay? Because we don't want to put out clickbait, you know? And I know we're doing this live, but if we say something and you hear us say something, you're going to run with it because we said it, right? So we want to make sure that we have everything correct. Or at we least something out. or something logical to back it up. You know, if, yeah. we, if we say, you know, potentially like a trade discussion of some point, of some sort, or like when we do bold predictions, we are quite out front that we are doing bold predictions. You know, we're not doing like this is a locked and loaded guaranteed thing that's going to happen. Right. If we make a bold prediction, this is a prediction. Here's how it could happen. So that's that's the type of quality that we want to promote and the type of, you know, just the <clears throat> the thinking the thought process, critical thinking and, and perspective. That's another reason we wanted to bring in two more people with our Packers analysis is we want more perspective. Um, <clears throat> and then just screw cool Brian right now though. Cause he's a goddamn twin fan. <laughs> and whatever. We got a split in their building. So, and yeah, their stupid right. building that doesn't have a roof. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt said he loves you guys. I love your guys' positive approach. The Brewers' offense has tested me in that area. And <clears throat> you know, it's what it is. It's frustrating. You can be frustrated, but still have a positive outlook on it. You know, that's it's like Lorenzo Cain is a perfect example. Um, Christian Yelich is another good example. Like, if you watch these guys' body language while they're struggling, you can tell they know they're struggling. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they're not going on Facebook to read people's comments in Brewers groups on Facebook, but. Thank God the fans that. that are watching the games know that people are struggling. When a fan goes on on Facebook and you know they like talking about the Brewers after let's say the Brewers went two and five or two and three in their last five games, and they log on, the first thing they see is "f the Brewers," "trade hater," "this team sucks," "this team's not going anywhere," uh, "send Urias down." Like seeing all that stuff, like that 
that's just going to dig the hole deeper of negativity. So why, why would we want to continue doing things the way that people are already doing them? Well, here's, here's the next level to that too. about the Facebook comments is there's so many burner accounts now and people making fake accounts, trying to go in groups. So Dude, like, how you know, do you even know what's true anymore? On your thing about fake accounts is we got to, people got to stop sharing the fake quotes. You got to stop doing that. Yeah. Because you, you don't know who's reading your, your, your quote unquote fake quotes. So when you're sharing a quote of something that nobody actually said, like if you share a quote from Aaron Rodgers saying that um, we're going to sweep the North and the Vikings suck and they, you know, they, they all drive minivans or something like that or something obviously that it could be a much more hateful thing that a player never even said just because you're trying to make your rival fans look bad or trying to rival up your rival fans that could be seen by somebody who doesn't know that that's a fake quote or doesn't know how to check if it's a fake quote. And then you are affecting somebody's real opinion of a player who never said something that you said that they said people gotta stop doing that. If you see somebody doing the fake quote garbage, the exactly Simon's going to bring up the exact one that I, that I wanted to bring up is the John Morant saying that I'd cook Michael Jordan thing. That was literally reported by ball sack sports. That's where that quote came from. A lot of the fake ones that I see come from like butt crack sports. (laughs) <laughs> but because people don't check that all they see is the quote and they're like oh my god Kirk Cousins said that Aaron Rodgers would be an average quarterback in the 70s like he never said that but somebody saw that didn't know where the quote came from knowing that it was fake now somebody thinks that Kirk Cousins is an asshole well he almost Even... missed the target on his gender reveal so I'm just going to bring that up again. <laughs> that see that actually happened though <laughs> Yeah. But like, um, I know it happened with Zadarius Smith. Um, somebody shared a quote that said, "Like, um, you know, I'm looking forward to sacking Rogers. Green Bay is going to regret letting me go." Like, he never said that. Mm-hmm. He never said that. So now Packers fans have bad feelings towards Zadarius Smith that are unbased. There's no basis to them because he never said the thing that you're fake saying that he said. Now you just open another can of worms. Damn it. Can we stop hating players that leave our team? Okay. Darius Smith was going to be gone. Okay. If you take it and you look at it. We said that from like week three on last year. He was gone. Gary took his job. He took the damn keys from Zadarius. Okay. All we're looking for from Zadarius was a pump up in the playoffs on the pass rush. Okay. We thought we were going to be playing with a lead for every game apparently for 60 straight minutes. I don't know why we thought that, but we were very excited for the playoffs and we just won another Super Bowl. Okay. Thank you very much, Aaron Rodgers. But Zadarius Smith lost the job. He's not, he's not a run defender. Okay. So he's a he's a one trick pony and he's very good at it. I'm not trying to take that away from him. But why do we have to hate Zadarius Smith? Why does any Packers fan hate Zadarius Smith? Why does any Packers fan talk anything bad about Chandon Sullivan? Because I've actually seen him talk about Chandon Sullivan. But the thing about Chandon Sullivan is like Everybody's like, oh, he was trash. He was garbage. Trent Sullivan was was, was mm. average, in my opinion. He yeah. was average to below average yeah. sometimes, to above average sometimes. But he was right yeah. there in that middle tier. He was okay. Yep. We don't have to hate Shannon Sullivan. We don't have to talk shit about Shannon Sullivan. We don't, we like, don't have to, we like, don't have to hate MVS. We don't have to hate yeah, MVS either. We don't have either. to hate MVS. Um, um, yes, 
used to he used to drop some footballs, but we don't have to hate the guy for him because he's not on our See, team. That's that's the thing is like I personally I was never super optimistic on MVS. That didn't mean that I didn't want him to succeed though. Just like um, oh, this man. is a this is kind of a weird example because he used to be a rival, but now Mitchell Trubisky is going to have a chance to win the starting job in Pittsburgh. I hope he succeeds just because it would be funny to see that happen to mm-hmm. Chicago that a guy succeeds somewhere else. Um, Simon brought up Devontae Adams. There's no reason that people need to hate Devontae Adams because he wanted to go play football with his friend. Bro, he's playing for his favorite team. He's playing one of his best friends in real life. He's going there because he wants his grandma to watch him play. That's as pure as it gets. He wants his grandma to watch him play football. And he extended his uh, signing because he got to sign longer with Vegas. Like, there's no reason to be mad at Devontae Adams. Devontae gave us eight great years. I am absolutely have no ill will towards Devontae Adams. He gave me great memories. That's all I'm going to say. I still love Devontae, too. It's going to – the first couple of weeks, man, just know I'm going to be going through it, watching <clears throat> Devontae Adams catch passes from Derek He's, Carr. he's still the best, best receiver in the NFL. You know, he never yeah. was – the best in the NFL just because he was on the Packers. He's the best in the NFL because he's the best in the NFL. He still he is just because he's separation. in Vegas. Yeah, he creates separation off the line. and With his feet, not with his hands. And he, and he catches everything. It is what it is. Devontae's not on our team, but we were able to build more depth with those picks. So I, it's a win-win for me, truthfully. We get to build the defense, and we got younger at wide receivers. So I'm not mad. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, Matt's point, they are both in the AFC now, so we have to see them even less. So it's not like, you know, Chandon Sullivan and Zadarius Smith were in the division. Um, EQ is in the division. Lucas Patrick is still in the division, so we have to play them twice what? a year. Are you, you worried know? about Z if he's lined up against a healthy Bakhtiari? Come on. Come on. I'm not worried about a damn pass rusher if they match up against a healthy no. Bakhtiari. <laughs> yeah. So, and, so and if is time is potentially in. available in week one, too, like – yeah, and, and and Jenkins, I'm I'm not worried one bit. Jenkins Jenkins will get beat more than Bakhtiari will, but it's still very rare that he gets beat. Um, but and the thing about exactly. Chandler Sullivan, if Rogers wants to pick on Chandler Sullivan, he's gonna pick on Chandler Sullivan. We're talking levels here, people. Okay, and this level is Aaron Rodgers, the one that's off the screen, and this was Chandler Sullivan. This is average, so yeah, we don't have to worry about that. Okay, they went to the Vikings, yeah. and the Vikings defense is still bad. So it's there it is. Yeah, Simon, I agree with you. You're still going to root for Adams, except for when he plays the Packers. It's like, you know, there's there's no reason to dislike those people until they give you one. And people sharing fake quotes is not a reason to not like a player. But like I said, people got to stop sharing those. You got to stop. If you see it, call it out because it's it's garbage. Honestly, like I said, you could affect somebody's real opinion of a player just because they don't know that a fake quote that you shared is fake. Um, and Matt. I, I, there's no reason to think that Bakhtiari won't be healthy um, coming I, into the season until there is a reason not to. So, You know, they, the doctors, I, I trust the Green Bay doctors. I know that they're usually – they usually play, play a lot more safe than a lot of other organizations. Mm-hmm. But when you're putting that much money and that's a premier position, left tackle is a premier position. So, you know, you're putting a lot of faith in that guy to come back. He has missed the last two playoff losses, so that's – is definitely a reason, you know, no Bakhtiari is definitely a reason we lost those games. I don't care what anybody says. Um, but I think he'll be fine. Even if he doesn't play week one, I think they're going to wait for Bakhtiari to be fully healthy. They're not going to make the same mistake bringing him back, play a half against the Lions. I think he's going to be just fine. I mean, Rodgers was talking all positivity in the last couple of days when he's at that golf tournament, um, talking mm-hmm. about the wide receivers and stuff. And, you know, 
taking pictures with fans. I mean, he definitely looked like the asshole that the medium picked him out to be. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think he will be. Right. If I said I wasn't a little worried. We're all a little worried, man. Uh, that last year when he, he missed out on that, that was that was tough. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's get back to business. Say, speaking of a little worried, if we're still talking about Josh Hader, like he's going to be fine. He, like the Brewers, need the all-star break. They got a four-game series in San Francisco starting tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be Burns, Woodruff, Lauer, and Jason Alexander. So that's a pretty solid four guys to put out there. Um, bottom line is Josh Hader's not going to get traded, especially this year. Um, next year, if the Brewers are somehow terrible and they're like 10 games under 500 and Josh is a free agent after the 2023 season, if the Brewers are terrible next year for some reason, then maybe Josh Hader gets traded. But if the Brewers are contending again next year, you're probably still not going to see Josh Hader get traded. No. So calm down on the Josh Hader thing. Recency bias is a real thing. People need to calm down on it and examine his season as a full body of work because he's an all-star for a reason. He still leads Major League Baseball in saves, despite Devin Williams also having five saves from when Hader was gone. So, you know, I'm not saying you can take all of Williams' saves and give them to Hader if he wouldn't miss those time, but if you did, Josh Hader would have 32 saves, which would be insane. It's not even the all-star break yet. (laughs) Before he went on this cold streak, Josh Hader was damn near unhittable for a while there, man. He was was untouchable for a little bit. Yeah, so – Ups and downs, everybody has them. Um, getting back to today's game, Ashby, like I said, he's kind of he's progressing as you'd like to see him. He's getting a little bit better each start. Um, Brad Boxberger worked out of a big jam today. He was second and third, only one out. He got a yeah. pop up and then um, and then a fly out. So Boxberger working out of a jam is encouraging to see after he gave up a couple of runs his last few outings. Um, and getting into Josh Hader today. The Twins had stranded 13 runners before the ninth inning. So it felt like they were going to break through at some point, and it just happened in the last inning. Um, so it is what it is. I don't know if you wanted to say anything else about that today game. Uh, I just wanted to give uh, Jonathan Davis another shout-out here. He made another really, really nice catch. He was shaded over to right center. And immediately when the ball came off the bat, he read it and he booked it and went and caught that thing against the wall. I mean, not not like his one against the Rays, but he ran this sucker down. I will say he's very nice at putting his head down and relocating the ball and catching it. If there's one thing he is, he's a younger Lorenzo Cain right now. He doesn't hit, and he's great at fielding. He's got a couple of hits. I mean, he's got a couple multiple hit games, so he's doing okay in that department. He's all right. He's all right. I mean, he had an he had an RBA RBI RBA RBI in, in yesterday's game. So, I mean, his second one he. He'll He's not the there. long-term answer in center field, but he can fill in for now. Man, you know, we were just talking about that the other day, man. There's a guy in double life got his name. You have his name? What's his name? You think I, I want the have man? It's Who Jackson Churio. Yeah, dude, he's freaking killing, bro. He is, like, skyrocketing up the, the Major League Baseball pipeline top 100 prospects. He's up to number 20. Yeah, he's, he's runs batted across. <laughs> RBA runs batted across. Yeah, look at that. I came up with fundamental failures, Jake. You can come up with runs batted across. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Thanks. Pile on. Tim, Tim's got your back. Yeah, we were just talking about don't kick a guy when he's down. Here's Tim. No, I, I love kicking people when they're down. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna catch I'll Jake in his tongue twister. 
All right, Jake. Go ahead. Give me your power pair pitcher from last week. All right, my my power pair pitcher is Eric Lauer. Um, So this week he only – he had five hits. Or five hits. Jesus, I'm still tongue-tied. I need to go to bed. (laughs) So – Anyways, let me restart. I have Eric Lauer because Eric Lauer the last two outings has been much, much better. Uh, he, he's he's throwing a little bit more velocity. He's controlling his stuff. He's not hanging everything. And, yes, like I said, I know he gave up a home run in his last start, his last two starts actually. But he had five innings, gave up six hits, the one walk, which is what, which is what I love, and the seven Ks. So, in total, I wrote down his last two starts. He has 11 innings pitch, eight hits, three runs, and 16 Ks. So, I love that he's striking people out again. Uh, he's loading and he's keeping the ball down and he's he's doing much better. He's six and three overall with a three A three ERA and people are killing this guy. That's all I'm gonna say is for everything that's happened this year, there's been a couple consistent guys. Considering that he would be our fourth starter if Freddie Peralta was healthy, like you would take right. all of those numbers. Um Oh, Matt's Wednesday evenings are freeing up a little bit. Um, thanks for tuning in, Matt. Thanks for commenting along. We always appreciate that. That's why we do the shows live. Uh, Cody, we talked about that. Hater for Aaron Judge. Yeah, that's that's clickbait if I ever saw it. It's literally just putting Aaron Judge's name into a, a, a quote-unquote Brewer's trade just to get somebody to click on it. That's that's all that is. That's Oh, man, that's seriously. that's Yeah, that's rough. Um, for me, I went with Devin Williams. Um, it's hard to go with anybody but Devin Williams, but um, I did mention Brandon Woodruff and Hobie Milner both had uh, honorable mentions, but Devin Williams, this is where I got some crazy stats. So he's up to 25 straight scoreless appearances now. <clears throat> Since June 1st, he's only given up four hits. He's only given up four hits in the last month and a half. Jesus. <clears throat> in that time, his ERA has gone from 315 to 182. Wow. Devin Devin Williams hasn't given up an earned run since May 10th. That's so since, since May 13th, he's only given up eight hits and eight walks. So 16 base runners in the last two months in that time frame, 37 strikeouts. (laughs) If he doesn't make the all-star team, we riot. That is, yeah. Wow. 37 strikeouts in the last two months. He also has the most holds in the MLB, too. He does have that as well. Yep. uh, They talked about that on the pregame show yesterday, actually. Um, They talked about, you know, all these stats. You know, guys that are leading home runs, they usually make the all-star team. The guys leading average, they usually make the all-star team. Why doesn't the guy that's leading and holds leads the all-star t- or make the all-star team? You know what I mean? So, uh, Devin Williams is just the – he's the no-brainer option in my opinion. And it's not just because I'm a Brewers fan. But if you're looking at stats and you're looking at a guy who's dominant and, you know, one of the best in the game, I would say Devin Williams is in that category. Yeah, I 100% agree. John said he's not a huge baseball fan, but the Brewers are always a team that's up and down. And that's true. And that's that's going to be the nature of a team that plays a lot of close games. Mm-hmm. Um that's just how it's going to be. You know, the Brewers aren't like the Yankees who are going to win a game 19 to five and the next day lose five to one. You know, that's just not the, that's just not the way the Brewers are. The Brewers are going to play a lot of four, three games, a lot of two to ones, a lot of three to ones, a lot of close games. That's the Brewers identity. So they're going to have a lot of up and downs. The, the thing is you just can't get too high or too low. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That's, that's a really generic thing to say, but you can't ride too high or too low. You know, don't let yourself get to a point where it's like, you know, the, the Brewers aren't going anywhere. This team's not going anywhere. Or this team's going to win the World Series because they won three games in a row in early July. Yeah. The season is so long for baseball. So mm-hmm. you just got to relax and kind of go with the flow a little bit more, especially with baseball being such a long season. So who is your power pair position player? So I picked Willie Adamas. Um, I mentioned the stat before about him tying the franchise record for most home runs by a shortstop uh, before the all-star break with 18. Um, Hey Taylor, what's up buddy? Um, But this week he went six of 20, which is a 300 batting average. So I want people to think about that. Six of 20. He got six hits and 20 opportunities. That is considered really good in baseball. If you go six for 20 every week, you're really good. I said um, it a bunch of times. Baseball is the only sport where you can fail 70% of the time and be considered really good at your job. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, he also scored five runs, five RBIs. He did draw two walks. I would like to see him up that number so his on-base percentage can go up a little bit because he does actually run pretty well. So just getting him on base – would just be something that would be useful for the Brewers' offense. And he also had two home runs, obviously both of them were solos. I, my goal for the Brewers after the All-Star break is for them to just hit more two-run and three-run home runs because then this team's going to win a boatload of games. That's that's totally fair. I'll, I'll see what I can do during the All-Star break of trying to figure out ways that the Brewers can just get guys on base more. Um, and the easy answer is to just stand on top of home plate with your back to the pitcher and just let him hit you. And I would just yeah. watch you guys on base with hit by pitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, I went with Andrew McCutcheon in the same time frame. Andrew McCutcheon is seven for 20. So he's batting three for 50 in his last five games. He has a five game hitting streak going also two home runs and five RBI in the same time frame. Um, like I mentioned, I've been under the weather for the last week or so, not quite the last week, but, um, since Sunday, so I don't have a ton of stuff looking for how the Brewers improve um, during the All-Star break. will give us more time to do that just because the Brewers won't be playing every day. Um, mm-hmm. But like I mentioned, what's coming next, um, the Brewers start a four-game series in San Francisco tomorrow. Burns, Woodruff, Lower, Alexander coming up. Um, and, you know, the Brewers starters are starting to pitch better. All of them, like literally all of them are all starting to turn corners and pitch better. So that's encouraging to see. Um, as far as Adrian Hauser, uh, he started playing catch today, so they expected that to be a, a couple-week injury with him at least. So um, he's still going to be out for a little bit. Um, but Adrian Hauser did start playing catch, so he is on track to return. Freddie Peralta's on track to return probably sometime early in August. Um, and then Christian Yelich, he was scratched from yesterday's game. Um, they, <clears throat> they talked to him today. They said, uh, actually, I should say they. Yelich himself said that it doesn't seem like it's going to be something that's going to be a long term. Um, and they said that they expect him back in the lineup by Friday. So Yelich might get the day off tomorrow after traveling. Um, that's a long plane flight. So uh, he might get the day off tomorrow still. Maybe he'll DH or pinch hit tomorrow or something like that. Um, but they said they expect him back in the lineup on Friday. So it's not something they expect to be a long term deal. Um, so I think that's <clears throat> everything looking forward. Um, after the four-game series is obviously the All-Star break, so um, not a ton to look forward to before that, and then we're we're into the second half of the season. So, Yeah. Um, so the thing for me when I think about this team, you know, when you think about all the injuries that they dealt with, still in first place, 
by the way. I just want to I want to beat that into people's heads. Still in first place at this moment. Um, obviously, you know, we mentioned the four-game series, so they could not be in first place, you know, by the All-Star break. But still, second place for all the injuries that they've had, I would still be happy with that personally. Um, it would suck to go up to nine games over 500 right now, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Um, so. so, to me, you know, Willie Peralta's window is August sometime. Freddie We're Peralta. Gonna, Freddie Peralta. Jesus, I keep saying Willie. <laughs> yeah, it's like the third time in the last two weeks. I know. Right, sorry. Freddie Peralta. Um, uh, Hauser's going to come back. I mean, we're going to get, we're going to get healthy, you know, sometime in August, mid August, I would assume. So we're going to be healthy right, right at the time when the Brewers take over in September. So Greg Timber. Yeah. yeah, we're going to have a bunch of, bunch of wins in in August. We're going to start gelling September. We're going to get hot. People are going to start being like, Oh man, is this Brewers team for real? They're scary. So all I'm saying is let's get healthy. Let's weather this storm. You know, hopefully, you know, the all-star break will help Hater out. And I'm excited for the second half. It's going to be an exciting second half, but don't get too high. Don't get too low, people. Let's Keep in right mind, here. we still have like two and a half weeks before the trade deadline. So yeah. the Brewers can still add pieces between now and then too. And, you know, for all the people that don't think the Brewers have prospects, the Brewers do have some prospects, especially when it comes to outfield. So, mm-hmm. you know, the Brewers do have some prospects that they can make some deals for. Um just uh, just temper your expectations when it comes to trades. You know, the Brewers might not go out and get Aaron Judge. Obviously, they're not going to get Aaron Judge. But when it comes to, you know, some of the some of the names that have been traded for and have contributed, um, you know, there's guys out there that the Brewers can go get. There's not a ton of names out there, but Jake and I have talked about a couple. And maybe once it comes down to, you know, the week after the All-Star break, maybe Jake and I can talk about some more trade targets as the, the market heats up a little bit more. But, um, you know, right now it's, like Jake said, the Brewers are still in first place. They're still nine games over 500. No shame in losing a game to the Twins because they are leading their division. They are nine games over 500. Um, They're actually a pretty similar team to the Brewers. So um, that's that. Um, The Bucks Summer League, they just finished their game. I think I saw that they won today, and then they play their uh, last Summer League game tomorrow. Listen. Summer league does not mean that the NBA is the same. So guys doing well in summer league doesn't mean that they're going to be beasts in the NBA. It just means that they're playing well in summer league and that's all. Bro, I had the memory pop up the other day <laughs> of Thon Maker having 17 to 17 in, in the summer oh, league. Girl. I was so excited for Thon Maker. I was one of those fans. I was like, oh my God, imagine him with Giannis. He's seven foot one. He's shooting threes. Like, he blocks shots. Like, who does that sound like? Chet Holmgren. Yeah. Who is a 90 overall on 2K, by the way, as a rookie? Why? He hasn't even played in the NBA yet. Yeah. He's a 90. Wow. Giannis, the year after he won his first MVP, was the first year he became a 90. Wow. Think about that. Either somebody from the ratings department got fired over the last four years. Or they need to. (laughs) Or I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, there's a ghost rating out there. So I don't know if it's one of those fake quotes, but I've seen it a bunch, actually. That he's the first rookie to get a 90. But, yeah. People temper your expectations. I agree with that. But I will say it is nice to watch live action basketball and see them executing some of the play yes. calls. Obviously, this yep. isn't the entire playbook. You know, it's like pre it's like the preseason for football. 
they're just out there, you know, running around, getting used to each other, getting the timing down of everything, you know. Yep. So learning some but, of the system stuff. I do love watching Mamu ball, man. Watching him go from the back down somebody to a spin dunk. Yeah, that's good gets me gets me a little excited. I won't lie. Any any of these blocking shots too, like the one shot that he blocked was a guy who was like a guard that he got switched onto. So like I kind of expect him to block that shot, but the other one he blocked off the backboard. That's that's a next step defensive play from Mamu, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, uh, but if they are good in the summer, shouldn't they stay good? No. Okay, this is my girlfriend's sister. Hi, Brittany. Um, so summer league is basically like a bunch of guys trying to fight to make it to the league. So it's basically like all the guys that are in like their first and second years in the league. Yeah. It's like glorified G League, basically. That's just on ESPN. Um, so it's just all the young guys just going at each other. Like I said, they're not running a lot of the playbook. They're running very vanilla basic offense, very vanilla basic defense. So it's just guys getting some workouts in and getting timing. Like I said, you know, how fast does this guy come off the screen? Does he stay for the whole time or does he slip? You know, does he pop more than he rolls? You know, it's just stuff like that. I would say like summer league is to preseason what preseason is to the regular season. So you're trying to basically find out what your rookie and sophomore players do well that can translate to the preseason once you start putting them with other um, rotational players. And then the preseason is when you kind of start tinkering with stuff and you see, you know, what can we run that might work? What can we, you know, what can we teach some of the younger guys? Mm-hmm. And then once the regular season starts, then that's when you're seeing actual actual season play. Right. And you find out like, okay, this guy likes to drive right from this spot on the floor. So let's set him up with a play on the right side of the floor, center screen to his left. He can drive left, come back to his right, you know? So there's just things you find out. I mean, and I've had this conversation with my girlfriend. I've had this conversation with you, Brittany, where you guys are just like, oh, it's just it's just throwing a ball to another guy, you know, in football. Or it's just taking the ball and putting it in the hoop. There's just so much more to it that you don't see. Like, it's just crazy. Like, if I opened up the playbook and everything came out here, you would, it would flood your entire screen with all the play calls and all the shooting mm-hmm. percentages and, you know, where people like certain spots of the floor. Like, yep. there's just so much more to it than yeah. – People really understand that don't watch sports on a regular basis. And yeah. that is what our basics episode is going to cover. I feel yeah. like I feel yeah. like we're gonna get really in depth with that. I'm, I'm excited, excited for that. That'll be cool. That one's gonna be fun, man. That one's yeah, gonna I'm really gonna fun. I'm gonna try and have pictures to go with that one so we can get really visual with it yep. and kind of explain some X's and O's. So that'll be good stuff. I'll I'll uh I'll print off I'll print off mine as well when I because I'm gonna me and Tyler are both gonna take some personnel groupings in football. We're both gonna mm-hmm. explain some uh some basketball uh, plays with like, we're not going to get into it right now, but uh, that one's going to be September 2nd. Um, yep. September 2nd. Yep. That's when we're going to do that one. That one's going to be a Friday night. Uh, yeah. I'm really excited for that one. That one. Uh, dare I say that might be my favorite bonus episode so far. Oh, all right. Because I really, I love teaching people and I love teaching people about what I love. And obviously we both love sports. So if we can make people, you know, fall in love and love sports a little bit more, that'll be, that'll be fun, man. Yeah. Make it so that you, you know, when you hear stuff on TV too, you'll, you'll be able to understand what some of it is. Yeah. Let's see what Andrew said. Andrew said summer league isn't to prove who's going to be a great NBA player. It is to determine who won't be trash. If you're trash in the summer league, you won't make it. Benchero got taken out of the summer league in like two games because of magic. No, he is at least. Yeah. Yeah. He's, He's ready. You saw him that yeah. first game. I watched the first couple of minutes of that game. I was like, oh, yeah. 
He's ready for the NBA. He's got the body for it, though. If you look at him, bro, he has an NBA body already. And that's the one thing I think the Magic made the right decision on Chet. And I know it came out that Chet, you know, he dogged it in his, his workouts and stuff like that. First of all, I'm going to be honest with you. That makes me not like him a little bit. Because who the I hell would are you? I'd much rather get drafted to Orlando than Oklahoma City, if I'm being honest with you. And why wouldn't you want to be the first overall pick? Like, nobody remembers the second overall pick. Everybody remembers the first overall pick, you know? And then, second of all, you're going to the East. So, right. easier True. road to the playoffs there. Um, again, you're in Florida, so you get sunny weather all year round. Yep. I mean, that would, that all, would be all, it for me. <laughs> all you get in Oklahoma City is tornadoes and tornadoes, rain, and then eventually some snow. Yeah. So, have fun with that. But and I flat will land. Say, Oklahoma City is building a roster, but they should with all those picks. Well, you'd think they traded like they got like 94 first round picks in the last two years. That GM was going crazy. He took the absolute opposite approach of what Minnesota has done. Simon, that's a good point. No state taxes in Florida, too. That's a good point. That's what we bring Simon along. He's a smart guy. Smart guy, Simon. All right, man. Do you you have anything else that you want to float out there? (sighs) Share our page, invite more people. Mm -hmm. Don't Focus follow with. <laughs> don't follow with Wisconsin Sports Heroics. Um, I need one more for the home run. Uh, tune in on Fridays pretty soon. It's going to be awesome, man. Soon. You guys are really going to enjoy it. Soon. Our next episode. And, uh, and no more sharing fake quotes. Don't do that. Yeah, stop doing that. All right, man. You go feel better, all right? All right. I'll see what I can do. All right. Later. See you next week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.